I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You are listening to episode three. If you missed the pilot episode and any other episodes before this one, this is your first time listening. Uh, this is a podcast for what I call Mind Discipleship. I stole that from Greg Boyd, so shout out to Greg. Um, Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to learn how to set their minds on things above, which comes from Colossians 3, 1 and 2. In his commentary on the epistle to the Colossians, N.T. Wright explains what Paul means by things above. He writes, The command to aspire to the things above is a command to meditate and dwell upon Christ's sort of life and in the fact that he is now enthroned as the Lord of the world. The Bible does not say much about heaven, but its central feature is clear. It's the place where the crucified Christ already reigns, which his people already have full rights of citizenship. To concentrate the mind on the character of Jesus Christ, on that unique blend of love and strength revealed in the Gospels, is to begin on earth to reflect that very life of heaven. I love that. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast is to help us meditate and reflect on heavenly realities that transform us by the renewing of our minds. As I have often quoted on this podcast, Dallas Willard said, wherever our mind goes, the rest of our lives go with it. So each week I try to give a glorious thought, something good and beautiful and true, something that's excellent and praiseworthy. Thoughts, as Thomas Chalmers said, that have wings. So in the last episode, I talked about the finality of the cross. Finality of the cross is the fact that in Christ we are forgiven, past, present, and future. That, again, to quote Dallas Willard, that God is no longer dealing with us on the basis of our sins. A really significant passage that I didn't quote actually from or in that podcast, but I think is worth um, looking at, is 2 Corinthians five seventeen to 19, which reads, so if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So not counting their trespasses against that, that is good news. Or as the hymn put it, uh, this is a glorious thought. Now, I pointed out that this does not mean God's light on sin. God hates our sin because it hurts us and he loves us. The finality of the cross doesn't give us a license to sin. It merely means that we're free from the need to constantly focus on sin and get it forgiven through our confession, which would be an impossible task. The entire enterprise of what we call salvation isn't merely getting us into heaven when we die, but getting heaven into us now, which is what holiness is really all about. And the key to holiness is not rule-keeping or willpower. Paul attacked that in Colossians 2, if you wanted to really study that passage, um, saying they have, and this is Colossians 2, verse 23, that the, the rules, the, the, all the, you know, the willpower stuff, have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-imposed piety, humility, and severe treatment of the body, but they have no value in checking self-indulgence, which I think is right to the point. You know, these things that we think, oh, we've got to keep these rules. Got to... Actually doesn't have any value in checking self-indulgence. No, the, the key to holiness, 
The secret to overcoming sin is, drumroll, the power of Christ in us. You see, we actually don't have to fight sin. We, that's not our responsibility. Some people think, oh yeah, that's, that's all we're supposed to do. No, no, no. Look, sin's always going to win. It's, you're never going to beat it. What we have to do is allow the power of Christ in us to win the battle. That's why Paul begins Colossians 3 by saying, since then you've been raised with Christ. That's the secret of the Christian life. And I didn't know that for many years as a Christian. I, I thought the Christian life was basically this, accept Jesus as Lord so I can go to heaven when I die. And until then, go to church and try not to sin. And if you do, confess it, get it off the books. I just, I didn't understand the finality of the cross for years, but the finality of the cross is only half the story. We're forgiven, note, are forgiven, and here's the key, so that we can be filled, which is the title of this particular episode, Forgiven to be Filled. Now, there's there's an analogy from my old friend Bob George, who I've quoted here before, and, and Bob uses this, this analogy and I think it's pretty effective. Of course, all metaphors and analogies break down, right? They limp. But it's a pretty good one. And it's the analogy of canning, canning peaches, let's say. Okay, so let's say you're going to preserve some peaches. What's the first thing you have to do? First thing you do is sterilize the jar. Now, if you don't do that, the peaches will spoil. So, I mean, imagine a wife comes in and sees her husband sterilizing, you know, a bunch of canning jars and says, hey, why are you doing that? And he says, I just really like clean jars. I mean, that would be weird. Um, she would then say, well, what are you going to do with these clean jars? And if he said, I'm just going to keep them really clean every single day. Now, that would be absurd, right? What the husband would say in response is, because um, I'm going to put peaches in them. Because you only sterilize the jar because you want to put something in it. Now, this is what many people do with the gospel. We have separated God's cleansing process, which is on the cross, right, the finality of the cross, from his filling process, which is Christ coming to live in us and through us through his resurrection. So then back to Colossians 3, right? You know about this passage I love. Since then you've been raised with Christ. What a glorious thought. We've been co-raised with Jesus. The purpose of the cross wasn't merely just to, to deal with sin once and for all, with the sin issue, though it did that, thanks be to God. But it was also that we could now be filled with Christ without spoiling. Now, we're not done with our canning analogy, so the, the jars have been cleansed, right, and then filled with the peaches. The last step is to seal the jar. That keeps the good in and the bad out. So Ephesians 1.13 reads, In him... Also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. The seal of the Spirit. See, cleansing, filling, sealing, that's what Christ has done, right? What God in Christ has done is the cleansing, filling, and sealing. That's what salvation means. It's all three parts. It's not just one so one time I was in California, and I, I was teaching on the finality of the cross. It was a Friday evening, and um, you know I made the point that you maybe have heard in episode two. And afterwards, there was a line of folks who wanted to ask me questions, and that's that happens. Maybe they want me to sign a book or whatever, but 
So there was a group of people, and they were kind of standing around waiting to talk with me. But there was one guy, he was hanging around in the back, who I, it was pretty clear he wanted to talk to me. He wasn't holding a book for me to sign. And he had this really angry look on his face. So, you know, I was, you know, I noticed that. I prepared, okay, here comes an attack. I've had that happen. So after everybody left, at least the guy was polite. He waited for everybody to leave. So it's just this man and me. And he told me, hey, look, uh, he said, I'm, I'm a preacher myself. And um, I did not like your message at all. And I said, oh, I'm, well, I'm sorry about that. And he goes, in fact, I think you're a dangerous teacher, which at first sounded cool. I thought, well, I'm a dangerous teacher. But he didn't mean it as a compliment, not at all. And then he had this line, which I've already kind of quoted. He said, you're giving people a license to sin. And then, you know, you have those moments in life where you say something that you know, it kind of didn't come from you. You think, well, this came from somewhere else. But what I said to him after he said, you know, you're giving people a license to sin, I said, well, tell me this, how well are you doing without your license? Uh, that response really shocked him. And he had, no, he had no response at all. He was silent. And then something really amazing happened. He, he stood silent for a while. His eyes welled up, and he said to me, not very well at all. And um, he looked around the room to make sure that you know, no one was there, no one had heard what he said. And then he proceeded to share his deep struggle and failure with some areas of sin in his life. After he was done sharing all that, I said, look, you know, what I was teaching on tonight is only half the story. You're right. The, the finality of the cross would be misconstrued to sound like a license to sin if that was all the message was. But with or without a license, man, we're going to lose the battle of sin if we don't get to the second part, which is being filled with Christ. I said, you know, come back tomorrow, please, and, and see if it all doesn't make sense. So he did. And at the end of the talk about, about being filled, uh, with the very life of Christ through the Spirit, um, I looked over at him, and he was beaming. And he stayed afterwards. This time, though, he was not angry. He was, he had this, he, he was beaming, and he, he said to me, no one ever explained this to me. This changes everything. And I said, yeah, it does. I mean, look, you've been trying not to sin and failing because, you know, you're fighting alone. So you fail, and you confess, fail and confess, repeat, repeat, repeat. But the power of Christ in you your true identity is the only way to freedom. Because, you know, we've been forgiven in order to be filled. You see, as I often say, Jesus gave his life for us so that he could give his life to us, so that he could live his life through us. He gave his life for us. That's the forgiveness of sins from the cross. He gave his life to us, the indwelling power from the resurrection. And he lives his life through us, through the power of the Spirit, sealed with the Spirit. So the glorious thought is this. You are secure in Christ, and now you're free to concentrate on God's main objective for your life, which is learning to experience real life, eternal life, an altogether new kind of life, Christ himself living through you. That's what eternal life is. And actually, that's going to be the subject of the next podcast. So I hope you'll join me next week for episode four, which I am titling Eternal Life Now. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe because, you know, when you subscribe to a podcast, you get them automatically each week. I know I do that with my favorite podcasts. Until next time, keep 
setting your minds on things above. And as always, my hope is that one day if you are asked, hey, what's on your mind? Your answer will be things above. <laughs>